Hi everyone, this is Jen and Sam and welcome to our podcast Miracle Mindset. Where we give you our unsolicited, probably unwanted advice. But if you want to become the best version of yourself, start believing in yourself a little bit more, then tune in every Sunday for the podcast. Cheers. Bye. So we've got an announcement. We are so excited to be hosting an online workshop or online masterclass. It is a two-hour masterclass on how to be the person that you want to be this year, achieve all your goals, get better at manifestation, believe in yourself a lot more. We are just we're so excited so it's mid-February I'll leave all the details in the show notes but we're going to be doing meditations visualizations energy clearing it's going to be very interactive we've chosen a Sunday so that we can all just wake up gorgeous coffee and get smashing our goals 2022 is the year I'm so thankful that our podcast audience has grew so much and I'm so ready for you all to become part of the fam, meet us. You obviously don't have to have your cameras on because someone did ask us that. Um, you don't have to have your cameras on. We're going to be doing most of the talking, but I am so excited to see you there. I'll leave the ticket link in the show notes. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Miracle Mindsets. I'm so excited to bring you this episode, like honestly, another episode where we were genuinely speechless, like it's everything that we needed to hear. I think I've said it on an episode a couple of weeks back, but getting a better money mindset is so important. Like a lot of us are at an age where like we've never been taught about money before necessarily unless you grew up with like quite a successful family and we're not really taught it at school so then we start to get money when we're teenagers and going into our 20s and some of us are good at saving it some are good at splurging it and I think that money is such a loaded topic like a lot of people can make you feel guilty if you want money it's almost like the same as sex like it's just a bit taboo you don't really want to talk about it too much like because everyone has a relationship with money and I think that this episode delves so deep into that like to think of money as like a friend and you're literally receiving money so you need to respect it you need to look after it you need to invest it wisely and also think about your future self like I know um when I used to work at certain jobs they talk about my pension I'd be like why would I want to put in 50 pound a week or 50 pound a month to like when I'm not going to see it for 60 70 years and this episode talks so much about that investing living for now whilst also thinking about the future and thanking yourself for the things that you're going to do when you get your relationship with money right um you're just going to love this I'm so excited for you to listen um so we have got a guest it's Leslie and Thomas and you're just going to love her literally it's amazing if you do enjoy the episode please make sure you give it a rating on apple or spotify now as well and i hope you enjoy guys hello everyone and welcome to another episode of miracle mindset so today we have an amazing guest so we've actually poached her to come on so we're like we need a little bit of money mindset <laughs> so she's called leslie thomas um and yeah we want to know how to get some good money in so leslie tell us a little bit about you where you first started getting into um money mindset and teaching about money and things like that Okay, so my background um, is not around coaching at all. I started 20, I started working corporate life, but 11 years ago, I decided to leave because I had two young children. Um, I was working in London, so going back and forth to London from where I live in Salisbury, having to attempt to be good at my job, 
be a good wife, be a good mum, something had to give. And the thing that I gave was I decided to go into business with my husband. He'd already set up his own business selling ski property in France and Switzerland. So I joined that business and I spent 10 years helping our clients to legally complete on the properties they were purchasing in either France or Switzerland. It was a great job to have in terms of always being there for my children, you know, doing every school run, being there for sports days, nativity, etc. But it didn't sing to my soul. Um, I didn't wake up in the morning excited to go to work. It was very, very functional as opposed to something I was really passionate about. My, hus my husband is very passionate about it because he loves skiing, whereas I'm not a very good skier, so it didn't really sing to my soul in that way either. But I have always coached and mentored informally um, as a manager of a team, as part of a mentorship, etc. So I decided as lockdown hit back in 2020 to retrain as a business coach. It was my plan at that point in time to be a confidence coach because I've always been really good at bringing out the best in people, helping people to understand what they're good at and how to be even better at it. But as I was going through my qualification, I started to see a direct link between our relationship with money, our sense of self-value and self-worth, and from there, our sense of self-confidence. So that is where the idea for what I do now, I'm now the Money Mastery Business Coach, I've trademarked that, that is where that came from. Because particularly as women, we really place a lot of our own self-worth and our own self-value around money. And that relationship with money became, started to form when we were very young. By the time we are the age of seven, our belief system around money has formed as a result of the messages our parents are giving to us about money, what they're saying about money, how they're reacting around money, what they're saying about people who do or don't have money. So for me, everything I do is helping my clients to improve that relationship with money, but also to decouple their sense of self-worth and self-value from money, because our sense of self-worth should never, ever be related to a number in the bank, because the number in our bank account is purely information. It's information upon which we can take action, and it's not something that we should be using to label ourselves in terms of our self-worth. So that's a little bit of my background, basically. Amazing. And did Money Mindset, how was it for you before, like before it became your job? So how was it as you were in corporate jobs or when you were younger? Like, has it always been a good thing for you or has it been a struggle that you found your way through? I've been very fortunate. It's always been a really good thing for me. And I think that is because of the way my mum brought me up essentially you know my my dad my dad was around very much but he was a police officer so he worked really hard so it was my mum that did the majority of bringing us up and my mum had what we call back in those days positive mental attitude whereas today 
we give that more of a name of mindset. My mum always brought all us up to believe we could be whatever we wanted to be. Can't didn't really exist, you know, in our in our household at all. Um, my parents, you know, were, were were middle class. We didn't have loads of money, but we didn't. We always had enough money. We were always able to do what we wanted to do within reason. So I never really questioned my own sense of self-worth or self-value because my mum always brought me up to believe I could genuinely do whatever I wanted to do. So the reason I came into being a money mindset coach is because of that link with our confidence and our sense of self-worth. Because when you're running a business, when you're trying to grow your career, etc., a lot of your relationship with money comes out in many other ways. So that could be you're not particularly good at putting boundaries in place, at saying no to people, at being able to ask for the money, particularly when running your own business. You may not be very comfortable about having a conversation about money when somebody owes you money. You may not be very confident about going on camera and being visible. Lots of these things are very much linked to our sense of self-worth and self-value. And that sense of self-worth and self-value is linked to our relationship with money. So I've come to what I'm doing as a result of wanting to increase my client's sense of self-worth and self-value and because that is so interlinked with our relationship with money that is why I do what I do not in terms of me having a particularly negative money mindset as I was growing up I've always seen money as a tool money is a tool to use as we want to use it it's having the confidence to use it correctly and not to allow it to hold you back. Because very often, you can, money can bring up feelings of comparatonitis, feelings of imposter syndrome, of not feeling good enough, etc. So what I help my clients to do at a really deep level is to understand well, why do you have the relationship that you have with money what triggered that relationship take them right back to that point of understanding what that trigger was to understand how it's impacting their life now and then get them to become future focused to look at well if we can make those changes if you can start improving your relationship with money if you can turn around your sense of self-value and self-worth now imagine what that will mean for meeting your future self. What is your future self going to be doing as a result of those changes, that action that you're going to take to proactively change that relationship with money? That's honestly so interesting because I think it's almost because obviously everyone has a relationship with money. And I wanted to know a little bit about how you can Obviously, it's probably a really complex process, but from zero to seven, I don't really have that much memory of that time. Or like, obviously, it's when your brain's forming properly and things. So how would you say if someone's just really not too sure why why they're not good with money or why they're not good at saving or why they spend more than they earn? Like, how would you say is a good way to start to unpack that a little bit and figure out why? 
Yeah, and, and I, I understand what you mean about you know not necessarily remembering an exact trigger point as to what happened and what caused it to be reinforced, essentially. And I think that is because when we sit down and we start to go think back to our childhood, I can probably consciously go back to a point when I was about three and a half or four. So I can remember being in you know, infant school, being in the classroom, the teacher talking to us, it being a full classroom, et cetera, et cetera. But we don't spend very much time thinking back to then. It just happened. It's just part of our, our jigsaw of life, essentially. But normally, most of us can actually think of a point, think of a conversation, think of something our parents have said. And then it's a case of making the connection and working back from there. Now, our subconscious is totally able to recall at what point an event happened that triggered a response. Very often, when something happens that we feel uncomfortable about, that we feel is, is not serving us, then we will block it out of our memory, essentially. But when we can start to see there is a reason to try to go back to that point, then very often our subconscious will support us in doing so. Now, there's certain things that, you know, that I can do with my clients around timeline therapy, for example, where um, I get them to really connect back with their subconscious and to listen to their subconscious. So to let go of what's going on for them consciously and to really tap into what their subconscious is doing. And it's a little bit like what's going on now. We're all breathing. We're not actually thinking, take a breath in, take a breath out, take a breath in, take a breath out. We're just doing it. Our subconscious is doing that for us. But when we start to connect to our breathing and we start to think about, okay, I'm breathing, I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. When you have that same ability to attach to your subconscious, your subconscious will, will link in with your conscious. So your conscious, you could probably, if I said, you know, come on, think really hard. Think about something that you were doing when you were four years old. Think about a party you went to when you were four years old. You go, well, actually, you know, now you've said that. I can think about a party. I can think about a beautiful dress I was wearing or a present that I had that I loved or a present that I gave that I loved. I didn't want to give away, but I did because my mum gave that to me to give to my friend. Once we actually put ourselves into that mindset of choosing to connect back to an event, our subconscious will go, okay, I can see what you're doing there. You're trying to go back in time. You're trying to understand what is going on. What I'm going to do, if you let me, I'm going to take you back to that point and I'll take you back a point further and I'll tell you why you had that disconnect in that relationship with money. And it could be, you know, it could be um, you suddenly remember what you know. My dad wasn't around very often. And, you know, mum was always saying, oh, your dad works so hard for every penny that comes into this house. Your dad really puts in so much effort, you wouldn't believe. So in your mind, as a child, you could have started establishing a link, thinking, wow, to earn really good money, you've got to work really, really, really hard. 
I don't want to work that hard. So therefore, I'll just accept I'm not going to earn a huge amount of money. So even back then, you could have been making a limiting decision based on a belief that you had that in order to earn good money, you had to work really, really, really hard. But you might not remember consciously making that connection between what your mum said. Also, you, you, your nan might have said to you, oh, you know, her next door, she thinks that she's far better than everybody else just because her husband's got a really good job in the city. She thinks she's something really special. So again, you might be, well, people who've got money, they, you know, they're not good people. They, they look down their noses at people. So again, that belief has started to develop, which is just a belief. It's something you believe. It's not something that's necessarily factual at all. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It's amazing, it's, isn't it? it? Is. When you listen to it, it's like, oh yeah, because you wouldn't ever link those little things. And sometimes like your parents or whoever like you're looking up to can kind of put that, put their beliefs onto you so like passively and then it yeah. shapes the rest of your life. I'll always remember um, like kind of related reading, I think it's like a blog post or something from like a person with a lot of money. And they're like, the difference between my upbringing and yours was the school that I went to was a really nice school in a nice area that my parents put me into. And so when we were in maths lessons, the teachers weren't telling me, I've got three bananas and two bananas and that was how we did the maths equation and they were saying you've invested in three houses here and invested in two houses here and so it became a normal thing for them to think like that yeah yeah but but also you know you know I I know um, of somebody who went to a private school but on a scholarship Um, and she was really badly bullied because she was at the school on a scholarship not at the school because her parents could afford to send her there. So her experience of being at a private school was a totally negative one because of the link that people had made. You're on a scholarship, therefore you have no money, therefore we're better than you. So again, that linkage. So she had to overcome a lot of money mindset issues that said, I don't have money. I've been given this place here, therefore I'm not as good as everybody else. So it is really what goes on around you. You know, we are the product of our environment as we are growing up. But once we decouple that sense of identity from our environment and actually decide for ourselves who we are going to be, that is when we can take the situation we're in and take the action we want to take to move ourselves away from an identity that's been created that isn't true for us. It is literally somebody else's impression of who we are. And very often we form an impression of somebody based on the car they're driving, the type of clothes they're wearing, the house they're living in. And People who are living in smaller houses, don't have such good cars, et cetera. Very often those people will go, well, I'm better than them because I'm driving this car. But that person driving that flash car could have bought it on credit. Whereas the person driving a much smaller car, they own that car outright. So actually who is 
the wealthier person. It all comes down to, as you will know, mindset and your own perception of your value, essentially. It's, you know, it's so, like, interesting when you're saying this stuff, because, like, I literally remember when I was younger, like, my mum is the hardest worker, like, you'll ever meet, and then every summer she'd be in the dining room, like, we wouldn't see her, she'd have her head in the books, and then if she ever failed an exam, she'd be distraught, and I think probably that, without me even knowing it might not necessarily be in comments that she made but the sacrifices she had to make with like spending time with her family or whatever can probably has probably made me feel like oh like I'd I never want to work that hard because do you know what I mean yeah. so it's so interesting how would you say as well like because I think growing up if you're not aware of these things you might think oh well, I love money like oh money's good but then if these things are working in the background, is it is it the awareness that you need to move forward from the past? Yeah, and, and that's exactly it. I think it, 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 the awareness is the most important thing, first of all, because if you don't have that awareness that by changing the outcome is going to be different, then you're just going to carry on, you know, doing what you're doing. And, you know, I very often use the analogy of, you know, being on a diet, being on a diet, getting, getting fit. If you have no awareness that you are overweight, that you are completely happy with the way that you are, then there's no way that you're going to, you know, go on to a healthy eating plan, change what you're doing. It's when you're aware that actually I'm not the weight I want to be. I'm not as fit as I want to be. I'm going to commit to a course of action to improve my fitness, to lose some weight. And then you have to have the belief that that change is possible because you're not going to start an exercise regime or a diet if you have in your mind, well, if I start eating healthier, it's gonna have no effect on me whatsoever. I never lose any weight. If I go and do that exercise plan, no point whatsoever. My body just doesn't, you know, doesn't agree with exercise. Nothing's going to happen. Then you're not going to follow through on the action needed to create that change. So awareness first, and then the real desire and belief that that change is possible. And then the action plan for you to follow. And then to have the awareness of the messages that your subconscious is going to deliver initially because our subconscious's job, its primary job, is to keep us safe. And our subconscious believes to keep us safe, we have to keep doing what we've always done. Therefore, if it starts to see we're deviating away, we're moving away from what we've already done, then our subconscious suddenly goes, honey, heck, what's going on here? Quick, why are you doing that? oh my God, you've got to look stupid. Do you really want to be doing that? Do you want other people talking about you? Do you really know what you're doing? Is it not better just to carry on doing what you're doing? So you need to have the awareness that that is what your subconscious is going to do, but then create the evidence that you do know what you're doing. So it's, it is, it's acknowledging to yourself, to your subconscious that, look, I know I'm about to do something different and I know it's going to cause you a few concerns, but the reason I'm doing this is I know I'm going to benefit from it. I know I'm going to be able to make those long lasting changes that are going to have a dramatic effect on the course of my life, 
on allowing me to meet my future self. Don't worry, I do know what I'm doing. I thank you very much for, for being there for me. But right now, I've got to go and do it. So, you know, mindset is never a one and done. It is something that we have to keep coming back to because as we move forward, new levels, new devils. So that little voice in your head is going to come back, but it's a case of finding a way to engage with that little voice in your head and to get her to recognize you can work together on the result you have in mind. So our subconscious will be there in the background helping us if we let it. And one of the examples that I use is you'll be listening to the radio um, and you'll hear a song that you recognize, but you can't quite place you know, who is singing that song. And then later in the day, you're doing something mundane. You're making the bed, you're making a cup of coffee, whatever it might be. And all of a sudden, that name will pop into your head. And that's because your subconscious has been working on it in the background. Your subconscious is also really, really good um, at different points in the day. So I call these my shower moments. I'll be in the shower. I won't be thinking about a particular problem or thinking about a particular solution, but all of a sudden I'll have a brilliant idea for a blog post or a social media post or a program you know, I want to develop. That's because I've given my subconscious permission to work on something for me in the background. So when we know how to garner our subconscious, when we know how she likes to work, we can then provide the evidence that we're working together. But at the same time, when we're moving into something new, what we need to be doing is recognizing there's going to be a negative voice that starts whispering in our ear. We need to be able to go, whoa, stop that. You know, I'm, I'm going to go live on Instagram. I do know what I'm going to say. If I fluff what I say a little bit, it's OK. I'm human. People aren't going to laugh at the other side. If they do laugh, they're not my kind of people anyway. But I've got to go live because it's important. I share my message with my would-be clients, with my audience. Therefore, subconscious, be quiet because I'm going to do it anyway. And that once we start recognizing that our subconscious is there to help us, then we can start utilizing it to the best effect. I think that's such a good analogy used at the start of like, you compare it to a diet and the way that you have to recognize that, like maybe you should go to the gym or you've put on some weight or something because it's so obvious then. And I think that's why people can hear the dog barking. <laughs> That's a podcast, aren't they? They we um yeah, like I think it's an obvious thing then, isn't it? Like it's January now, everyone might be feeling like they put on a few pounds, so they work on it and they recognize that it's not a healthy way to be, but money can be so passive in the background, you don't recognize that that's an unhealthy relationship that you're working full time, yet you're constantly saying, Oh, I've got no money left, I've got no money left. So true. and I think like our audience, so 50% is 23 to 27, and the other halves at just either side of that so I think at this point like people might be coming out of uni or just going into their first jobs and it's the first time that they're really getting 
a lot of like their own money to spend so it's whether they're blowing it on the weekend or being the first like you say to run out and get the best car on finance because now that they can but it's not necessarily the healthiest way to go about things and you just accept it don't you it's like oh well I, I've grown into I've grown up in this amount of money and this is the amount of money that I'll have going forward and like you accept it like you wouldn't accept being overweight or you wouldn't accept being a bad relationship yeah. or something like that what like advice would you give to that kind of like age range or dilemma that might be going through that at the moment yeah well I think the first thing to do is, is to connect to your future self so who is it you want to be in three to five years time where are you now in terms of your future self and where are the gaps and how are you going to fill those gaps so in five years time are you look are you looking to have paid off your student loan are you looking to have saved a deposit you know on a mortgage are you looking to have gotten married and to start a family actually be thinking about not not just in the here and now because time does go by very very quickly and when you can connect to your future self when you can work out what it is you want to be doing in that next three to five years that is when you can start to realize the things that you need to start doing and the things you need to stop doing so an exercise i take my clients through and it's, it's very relevant no matter how old you are is to work out how much you want to be earning in three years time to take that figure and to work out how many hours you want to be working and how many weeks. So you multiply the number of hours by the number of weeks and you divide it into how much you want to be earning. Now, if you, you, know, if you want to be earning the average salary, which is you know, 26,000 a year, I think it is, then you know, that is absolutely fine. If that is where you know, your motivation lies, nothing wrong with that at all. But if you have an aspiration, that you want to be running your own business and you want to be earning 50,000 or 100,000 in three to five years time. By taking that figure, so that, 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 that salary or your, your business earnings and then working out your hourly rate, that hourly rate is not a rate that you're going to be charging. It's you putting a value on your time. So working out. So if I do this particular activity, so it might be creating social media, is that adding value to help me be earning that figure I want to in three to five years time? Or am I better outsourcing my social media to somebody on, on Fiverr, for example, because you're thinking about the, the, the value of my time versus where I want to be in three to five years time. Wow. So as people in their 20s, you really want to be future focused, because if you're just in the here and now, you'll all of a sudden look back and go, I'm 28. Where did that five years go? What, what have I achieved in those five years? Okay, I've had a few great nights out. I've been on a few good holidays. But have I actually laid down the roots that I want to in terms of how I want my future to be? So by putting a goal in the future, a goal in your future, that actually gives structure for your vision. And your vision might be, you know, I'm just at a university. I'm going to go backpacking for a year. That's absolutely fine. 
but be laying down a plan. But when I get back from backpacking, what do I want my next three to five years to look like? When do I want to buy a house? When do I want to have children? When do I want to have a second home? What kind of business do I want? Do I want passive income? If I want passive income, when do I need to start investing? So I would say the sooner you start thinking about those things, the sooner you're going to be putting yourself in the position of having the ability to create the life of your dreams. I think it's like going for the temptation, but like also keeping control. I always say like when we went we went backpacking for a couple of years and when we got back and like I didn't have any money because I blew it all like having fun. And so I just felt so out of control anyway. So I was like, right, I'm going to get a credit card. And I spent the next six months booking holidays on that credit card. And then lockdown hit and I was like, I've got four months left of no interest. Like I need to actually get like gain a control on this. And so I was writing out monthly, like where I was spending my money, like, and just finally felt like I got a little bit more control over it. And since then, I've become more and more in a better position because like I've known what's going on and I notice when I don't look at it again for months then I'm like yeah of course I'll go for that extra meal of course I'll go for that extra weekend away and book onto things without knowing and I always think like yeah absolutely go for the the backpacking trip or go for the nights out and things because like you should do but also you've got a thousand pounds saved up for this backpacking trip could you start to invest 20 pound a week as well into a little ISA that's gonna grow on the side whilst you continue to do like the things that you want to spend your money on as well it is definitely connecting to future goals and like the sabotage as well like I think that sometimes like when we got home like I literally know we never like obviously when we were away we were making like really good money and not once did I think hmm maybe I should put this away and I always remember mum and dad saying like oh like you need to get some savings or you need to be putting it into a pension and I literally remember like talking like oh like why would I want to save for them but then you've actually got to think that you now is exactly the same person in six years. If you can help them live a gorgeous life whilst also living the way you want to live, why wouldn't you do that? And, you know, that that is exactly it, that you have nailed that on the head there in terms of thinking your future self in six years' time, if you want to help her lead that gorgeous life, and that's exactly it. You know, a, a um, a little thing I get clients to do is to to go onto something like Canva and to create a postcard, essentially, a postcard um, of, you know, a beautiful place. Um, There might be, you know, a lovely house on there with a lovely garden and a nice car and um, some lovely clothes and whatever it might be. And then to create that into like a postcard and you go onto an app like um, Postsnap. I think it's Postsnap. Definitely. I think as well, like, with the emotional connection and things like your pension, you want to create like a positive connection. I remember when I was working full time and I looked at my pay slip and it was like 50 pounds gone off to a name I didn't even know. So I was straight on the phone to Charlotte Payroll and I was like, Charlotte, like what's this? And she's like, oh, it's your pension. I was like, oh, like, I don't want to do that. Like that's, like you say, it's so far in the future why am I paying into that now and I had I felt like this resentment because I didn't know anything about it I was like why am I paying A&A whatever the name of the company was 50 pounds a month and they're going to sort it out and I just had no control over it whereas if I knew 
for example, that it was going into there and they had really good returns on that investment and it was going to go up lots, then I'd feel good about it. I'd become like more energy would go into it. I'd feel yeah. like I'd keep checking on it. Well, wow, that's a really good investment. It's growing rather than being like, I don't know what's going on. Like put 20 pounds in a month, maybe like, I'm not sure. I'm sure that'll work out well in the end. Or I could keep that for myself and again, put in like, like money loves money doesn't it and money loves it when you have an obsession with it and so put a lot of thought into how I can grow that and become interested interested in it and then it's going to work for me better as well I think it is about feeling good about where you put in your investments and that and you know that again it's a really good point there because we are almost brought up to believe that others know more about how, how to invest our money than we do so, you know, I, there's nothing wrong. And I think it's a good thing that, you know, companies now have got to provide pension plans for their employees because not everybody will start to think about investing, you know, from when they start working. So it is important, but actually it should be done in a much more collaborative way rather than it being older adults saying, I know what's good for you better than you do and that is part of the problem when we feel as though the decision is taken away from us so when we have that ability to think about what investment could mean for us creating you know that lovely life that we want to create and recognizing it's the action that we take that is going to allow us to lead that lovely life that is when we are really being intentional and taking that responsibility. And something I say to my clients to do is to actually check your bank account on a daily basis. Because if you don't check your bank account on a daily basis, you're burying your head in the sand for a start. You're almost, you know, if, if that number is not a number you're happy with, not looking at that number isn't going to make it a different number. But by looking at it as a number, it is literally a piece of information that you can take action based on. So what do I need to do to generate more income? What do I need to do to find more clients? What do I need to do to be having more conversation with clients? And once you start making that connection, that manifestation moves from being, I really, really hope that this month I make this much money, instead to being a go upon which you create the action to actually deliver upon the goal and that is when everything starts to really give you that motivation to do the right action to ensure you hit that goal I really see the value in like investing in advice and like investing in coaching and things like you sometimes can just like be so caught up in your own world and beliefs and like you don't see anything else beyond that as much as you might read something it's still going to be read through your own belief it's the 80 20 rule 80 percent of people will benefit from having the right support so by taking on you know a coach or going out to have those conversations with regards to how can i do this in a way that is going to allow me to grow and to achieve as much as I can, as quickly as I can. Well, that is by taking on the advice of people who have been there 
who totally get and understand where you are, but can give you that, that either that voice of experience or you know the knowledge that they have to help get you there. But always be open to be looking and asking for support because just like with our parents, you know, we ask them for advice when we were younger. It's exactly the same as we get older. We just start to forget we can ask for help. And like, I think as well, like practice, like doesn't make perfect if you're getting practice off the wrong type of person. Like what you said then, like who are you listening to? Like if you're listening to people on Instagram, like, yeah, let's make six figures in six months, guys. Or like, um, get pay me 500 pound and I'll show you how to do it. Like you don't even know if these people genuinely have done what they're saying that they're doing. Do you know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like, it's invest it's like practicing but with the right information not just going off a quick fit it is a case of ensuring who you're working with actually has done and can do what they say they will always be aware are they the right person to be asking so if it's about you know a financial investment um going to ask somebody who has issues a money mindset they may not be the right person to ask or if they've been burnt by a financial investment because they invested in the you know in the wrong thing they may not be the right person to ask so it should always be when you're asking for advice ask it from the people who can provide that appropriate sounding board based on the information you're looking for another relationship that we should nurture like there's a few relationships that you have in your life like your confidence or your belief or like how like different a few certain relationships that you should have in your life that you should put time and investment and like effort into and money is one of them the same way as like we said with your health and you'd notice it if you thought that you needed to work on your health a little bit if you was going on the same running it was like a struggle the same way you should put that effort into a money relationship absolutely yeah absolutely perfectly put thank you so much for coming <laughs> on we've absolutely loved it where can everybody find you if they want to go on your website or what's the best place to get you on okay so i have a podcast it's called um let's talk money and more available on Apple, Spotify, etc. My website is um, www.lesliethomas.com. Um, on Instagram, I'm there as the as Leslie Thomas Coaching. Um, and if you go to either my website or my podcast, all my contact details are there as well. Oh, oh brilliant! Amazing. Thank you so so much. My pleasure. Good to talk to you both.